Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast. We have the Liège-Baston-Liège-Fem recap. We just had a race which I thought was going to be over and then suddenly sprung back into life (laughs) and had a really interesting finale, actually. Lots of tactics to discuss. Some teams not called SD Works, putting their best foot forward to win this race. And so, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good final after I was kind of spat the dummy with 50Ks, 40Ks to go, uh, actually. The five-star, maybe 10-star favorite was Demi Vollering. Could <laughs> she complete the Ardennes triple, winning Flesh and Amstel? She brings Royce here as well. No Kopecky, uh, and they had a team of, I think, five. No, they did bring six riders. They had five in Flesh, so it was a strong team. Other contenders, Lippert, Van Vleuten, Mulman. Uh, Longer Borghini, Spratt, Riolini, Van Anroy, a very deep team without that AA1 top rider. Nivea Doma, probably the other top favorite. So we thought people should open it up early, Benji, right? Like in yeah. the Stocker region. Exactly. We expected early moves on this on this race. And Stocker is kind of like the, the first really steep climb. There's already two climbs before that, but not really the ones where we expect anything to happen. And the Stocker starts like this consecutive climbing area where some people might try to try to go into groups early. And that's exactly what we saw on the Côte de la Haute-Levée, which is the climb after the Stockeur. So they used the Stockeur to kind of hammer the group a bit. And then the, the climb afterwards before broadcast, not the steepest climb of them all, La Haute-Levée, we had a, a move of five riders. Kasiani Viadoma, Marlon Reusser, Amanda Spratt, Esme Peperkamp, and... Anna Henderson, Papercomb, the DSM climber we saw in Jabal Hafita was really yeah. strong. Spratt, we've seen do well at Santa Sudanander, lost that race last minute. Then we had Royce Ruffy, obviously, she won against Wevelgem for SD Works. And the thing with this group as well is, we analyze who's in this group, and we see, okay, we see SD Works present in this group. And they're present with a strong rider. Now, if I'm Nivia Doma, I'd rather try and fight against Royzer than against Volring in the Peloton. So... That's 100%. a bit of a better situation for, for her. When it comes to Spratt, probably the same, but they were probably thinking, okay, I'm fine with this, but it's not ideal either. I would have loved to have a Bredewald instead of a Royster in this group for SD Works. But Movistar and FDG and UAE, those three teams are not present here. Now, UAE, I was expecting to not be present because they only really have Persico to bet on. And it would be weird to go really early with Persico as well, I think, at this point in the yeah. race. But when it comes to the other teams, FDG and also Movistar, they've got multiple riders to do things with, and they once again miss out on an early move. Movistar, the same thing in, was it Flash where they also chased a, an early yeah. move where instead SD works, SD works doesn't have to do anything if Movistar and FDG are taking care of all the work in the peloton, and that's exactly what's happening again. 
I know, and the reason we think the easy moves, no, sorry, these early moves have to go is because this final, you've got Redoot with about 34Ks to go, 1.8Ks, 8%. Then there's more climbs, like Forge is not easy. And then the Rochefort-Camp with 14Ks to go, 1300 meters, 10%, followed by Boncel, where people have been dropped in both the men and women's race before to win and lose this race. So the, with Vollering that so dominant, we thought, you know, move early, and teams did. Canyon Shram had the right idea, and I agree. Like, yeah, it's a pick your poison, right? And it's kind yeah. of like Paru Bay. Would you rather fight Mano Imano with Vollering in the final, or would you see if Spratt or Henderson or Peppercamp or Nivea Doma in particular, if you're Canyon Shram, I think you're the happiest. Yeah can fight against Royster in the break. I'll take the latter and take my chances with it because Volering, you know what's going to happen. And, and it, it, But also, back to Movistar, but they're not represented, Benji. They have to chase, otherwise the race will go over, away from them. Do they? Like, isn't, isn't Volering sitting in the peloton kind of nervous too? Don't you need to let that play out and see what SD Works do? What if Nivea Doma, who hadn't punctured at that point, drops Royster on La Redoute and you've just controlled the gap and then SD Works have three domestiques and just pace and Royster drops back and then Volering wins anyway. Exactly, because based on the previous races, it is actually plausible that Nivea Doma drops Royster on a climb mm. like Rochefoucauld on La Redoute. She's the rider in that group where I'm really like, she can drop 100% Royster when it comes down to it. Now, when it comes to Movistar, they're not in it. Von Vleut and Leopard would like to wait until La Redoute and Rochefoucauld. Not unsurprising either, based on how they rode the last few weeks, but tactically a bit flawed. FDG is the weirdest one for me. Utrecht Blue Week, we, all, we always know she's going to wait. She's going to wait until the last climb and then get dropped. Always, La Redoute. She's going to wait for that one. She's going to get dropped because her form at the moment is not good enough to stay with the biggest guys, the biggest women in this, this peloton. And then we see Grace Brown. And the point of Grace Brown is honestly like, is honestly to anticipate, no? Yep. Otherwise, why is she here? And listen, maybe they kicked off on Stocko, but I think Grace Brown can follow Marlon Royster on a steep climb, at least initially. I think definitely Lippert can. And if Nivea don't, like, if, if those two teams are in that group, does Royster keep pulling? Now, maybe Nivea Doma's down. She hasn't won a race for years. Maybe she's down the pecking order now where SD Works aren't too worried about her. And yeah. if Lippert's there, they would be. I don't know, but you've got to at least be in the move. And we saw in Flash when Van Vleuten moved on second murder weed, like it forced Vollering to chase. And then obviously the final wasn't great, but still good on Canyon Shram and Trek for trying to move early and... Like, I didn't... I thought also Spratt had a chance to drop Royster on the steepest climbs. I didn't expect it to happen. I thought maybe she could hold her wheel. But then what happens in the this next phase of the race is basically very, very unlucky and changes the race for Canyon Shram badly. They puncture yeah. with Nivea Doma. She basically punctures out of that breakaway. She was the main threat to drop Royster. And you can see on the descents, Royster's just motoring ahead of the other riders. And then Canyon have to start pacing. We get to Cote de la Redoute, and Royce just rides everybody off the wheel. The gap had expanded to over a minute. And I thought, I was surprised. I thought Spratt would hold her wheel on Redoute. Mm -hmm. So really impressive from, from Royce. Yeah. And this has gone from 
okay situation for SD Works to now the best possible situation. Best TT rider, active TT rider in the world ahead with nearly a minute gap, <laughs> volering the group and every other team having to chase with Nuviodoma tied with their other Sprat tied and also Sprat in the Shaspatat bench. She's never bringing Royster back on an up yep. and down parkour, ever. She's never doing that, but she stays behind Royster, keeping up pacing and so forth. But in the peloton, in the meanwhile, on La Redoute, we see also action. We see Von Vleuten going ham, which means that the issue with that is that if Von Vleuten is going to go ham here, the group's going to reduce so much that they won't have domestiques to pace directly after La Redoute. And that's exactly what happens. It's the thing you see every single time in chasing groups where when they attack on a climb, they thin down the group so much to the point that domestiques are gone and we see a scenario after this climb where the gap towards Royster expands to 1 minute 40. Because Bauernfeind is the only domestique that is there for Canyon, and she's working, but she's also not really energetic anymore because she basically had just dropped on Laredo, came back, and then started pacing. And when it comes to the other riders, Sprat's not dropped back. She's still hanging in between the, the Royster and the Peloton, the favorites group, the Royster. That sounds pretty cool as a nickname, but... <laughs> yeah, it is. The Royster. And then you have Movistar, who just destroyed the group initially on Laredo, self-sabotaging the chase basically and then extra self-sabotages the chase by rolling attacks with Lippert and Von Vleuten one minute behind the front of the race every like, time of course the gap grows to one minute 40 then because that chase is never gonna happen then they do it like I don't know why like sometimes you have to accept that you're gonna have to pull and yep. other teams are probably gonna help you and yeah it's it really sucks that Volering's in your wheel not working. But you know what? You're not going to drop her any either. So all you're doing is just, as you said, self-sabotaging. And if you want to watch this race back, or you want to watch the men's race that's on this afternoon as well, the best place to do so is GCN+. Plus. You can get 15% off an annual GCN Plus pass for LRCP listeners in selected territories. Make sure you check out that down below, bringing you every unmissable moment from Liège, but also the Giro coming up in just over two weeks, and then the rest of the racing season, which doesn't stop after that, watching live and uninterrupted coverage of the biggest races all year round. Thanks to GCN Plus for supporting the show and sponsoring this episode. But, Venji, Gap goes out, huge Lipid attacks, self-drops on Cote de Forge. Yeah. And Anroy's not looking like a race winner, winning option here either. And still Spratt is riding like 100 meters wild pool style ahead of the peloton. And she's like a small rider. Like it's costing her a lot on the flat. And Royce is just staying ahead. And eventually Trek start pacing with Van Anroy. In, what's that blue jersey? Is that the best U23 in the world? Yeah, best U23 in the UCI world rankings, if I recall correctly. But you're right, like, the Sprat, Sprat riding in front of that group helps no one. And it also didn't help anyone because it looked like Longoborghini was staying behind Mavi Garcia on that climb, not taking over with the card usage of, okay, I've got Sprat riding ahead, so I won't chase. But that's a bit overkill, right? You just want Sprat to drop back at that point and keep riding. And you're right, they set a bit of a train up. You're right, it's Sprat, Van Androoy, Longoborghini. We're getting it's over effective. the top of uh, 
of Call of the Fortune. You're right, it's effective. It's going down to 40 seconds, which was a minute 40, just like 10 kilometers ago. We were like, race is over with 34 kilometers oh, to yeah, go. Oh yeah, made some This toast. is done. <laughs> and, and with 20k to go, I'm like, race is on, race is on. <laughs> but uh, they, they come towards the next climb. The last climb in the race, last proper climb in the race, Rochefoucauld with the bon cell add-on on top to... Uh, to finish it off. And we see that lead out kind of get a gap before we get to the climb itself. Yeah. It was like someone opened up a gap. It looked like Labou couldn't hold the wheel of the Canyon Shram rider. I think it was, um, was it Shabby? Maybe Shabby. I think it was Shabby. And this is where Volering does make a mistake. And this is where also she gets bailed out by Yumbo Visma a little bit. And you basically have a track team time trial with Van Anroy Spratt, Elisa Longaborghini, let's say it was shabby, they go clear and they get a real gap. It's not just like two seconds. That gap grows because it's just, I think, Henderson pacing behind or maybe another rider for Jumbo Visma. They got Rihanna Marcus as their leader, the Dutch national champion in the group. But Vollering, I would say this is a problem for Vollering. And I was like, don't pace for Vollering here. Riolini's also in the group behind in the wheels. Um, they're probably best pure climber. and. Royster enters La Redoute with, let's say, 30 seconds. The Trek trio does that lead out, and with the Canyon Rider, they're, they're on 30 seconds, and the Vollering group's on a real gap, and Vollering has to take over immediately at the base of Rochefoucauld, riding tempo to catch up to Elisa Longoborghini, who's in much better shape than she was, I think, in other races. She looked really good here. Maybe it just suits her more. And so, yeah, I... That was a really good move from Trek. Maybe they got a bit lucky. Maybe Volering was asleep, but it didn't. If I was Volering, the ideal is you follow the Trek train, you sit yep. in the wheels. When they catch Royce, which they do, Volering gets across to the Trek riders who then Elisa Longborghini closed the final gap to Royce. I was thinking then the Volering counter comes, but she's had to do all this work that she wasn't expecting before. Exactly. But I also feel like Volering closing that gap to those to those riders that got the gap initially. It was the Longoborghini uh, move that bridge towards Reuser. I feel like that might have spent quite a bit of energy as well. Like she's also not infinite energy person now. Eh? She's got a, a finite amount of energy, and I feel like she might have reached a temporary limit for a limit for a second. The second she, she bridged towards the front, maybe it was uh, a mega brain tactical move that she was like, "I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait and." Go for one big move. But I feel like it was not the volring of like flesh where she was like, I'm going to ride them off the wheel directly. Either way, she stays on their wheel a bit. They've got that little group at the front. Those, those three that are basically left, but Von Vleuten basically motors back with, uh, with the rest of the gang. There's now a group of roughly, uh, let's say, seven, seven, six riders yeah. at the front of the race. And we're getting towards the top of Rochefoucauld and there's only one obstacle left, right? Boncel. Boncel, yeah. And I was like, is anyone going to try on Boncel? They have to try. If somebody has to try here and it's likely going to be Volring, I think that will try something. But before we get to the actual climbing part of Boncel, in the run-in, we see a bit of a move of Reusser and Longobordini is in the wheel and Volring lets the gap go. And I think that was a split-second decision that Volring quickly regretted, no? I think... In the end, it didn't matter too much. It maybe helped tire out the others. So there's with with Volering now is Van Vleuten, Shabby, Riolini, 
uh, and Riolini's not contributing because of Longoborgini's yeah. ahead. So maybe they were trying to bleed Van Vleuten a bit more uh, before Boncel. Maybe they're worried about Shabby. I agree. I think in reality it was like, oh, my teammate's going up the road. I'll let them go. I'll let the gap go. That's positive. But then you think <laughs> about it, you're like, well, Royce has just been solo for an hour. Elisa Longoborgini was just really strong on La Redoute. You're just you're actually creating a future problem for yourself, and Bollering did the right. Well, first of all, Royce didn't pull. That's key, and so it, at least the gap didn't expand too much. Second of all, um, Vollering let the others work. Van Vleuten tried to attack, close it, and then Vollering countered straight to that group and actually dropped her companions before Boncel and literally did a switcheroo with Royce at the base of Boncel with Longoborghini. And then I thought, she got to try to drop Longoborghini because Longoborghini's got a teammate behind. Now, listen, really, he ain't winning a sprint competition against herself, but she still, she, if I know Longoborghini, I thought she's not going to pull. She didn't pull with Nivea Doma at the end of Amstel Gold Race with yep. a K and a half to go and lost that race to Voss. I thought, no way she pulls Volering to the finish. And Longoborghini didn't pull on Boncel. And they go, they crest to the top together. It's still 9Ks to the finish. Plus, and I thought, is Volering going to ride the whole way? <laughs> she doesn't have to. On Vleuten style. Well, yeah. And then I was like, but you got Royce behind, but Longoborghini takes over. And so that's the, the race then is decided. The group behind with Van Vleuten Shabby pulling is not going to catch Longoborghini and Volering contributing. They've got Royce sitting on the back. I thought if Longoborghini starts to finesse at 5Ks, Royce can try counter to put pressure to force Longoborghini to pull. Never really came to that. And I was really surprised. The last K, Longoborghini took front position and just started the sprint about 125. And the predictable happened. She got beaten by Volering. Now she came second in a monu monument LBL. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's, it surprised me based on how I've seen her ride races in the past. Uh, maybe Trek just wanted to get, if it's going to be an SD Works 1-3, at least it better be a Trek rider, not Van Vleuten in second. And so maybe that, and really, as I said, she ain't winning the sprint behind. So maybe it was that. But again, I would say this was, this season, maybe SD Works' best tactical race. Yeah. Uh, of course, they have two of the strongest five riders <laughs> yeah. and the strongest rider, but you can lose with the strongest rider. Um, I think this was really, really good from them, Benji. Yeah, I think so as well. Not only did they do it relatively perfectly in terms of their tactical moves in the race, as in sending a ride for her forward initially, making sure that it's a rider strong enough to beat the riders in that group potentially. And then when something goes wrong, like if a split this a second decision isn't all right, we saw it a few times in the last few weeks. If, for example... Uh, a Bredewald or Marker starts attacking instead of chasing, they quickly switch that back towards chasing. And today we also see at this point that when Volring makes that small split second decision and lets Longoborghini go with Reusser, then they instantly respond on the next Boncel section and Volring fixes it. Volring fixes that issue. Now, obviously... It's easier to have great tactics if your team is strong, but last team their team was also last year their team was also strong and their tactics were terrible. So that yeah. shows an improvement over the last year. 
And I think you could maybe look at some moments of this race and be like, oh, what Vollering's doing is selfish. She's trying, she's taking the win opportunity away from Royster. But you have to be realistic as well as the team SD works and say, no, Royster going clear with Longaborghini to fight on Boncel is not giving us the highest win chance. It's better that Vollering goes forward after Royce has been in the, in the break solo for an hour. Um, and also if she's going to be caught on Rocha Foucault. So yeah, really, really good from SD Works. Vollering does the triple, her DS in the car. Anna van der Brecher did it maybe five, six years ago too. Unbelievable season so far from her. Winning ahead of Longaborghini, Royce a third. Marcus a nice fourth. Uh, Shabby fifth. Van Vlerten sixth. <laughs> Riolini seventh. Lippert wins the big bunch sprint behind eighth, then Paladin and Fisher Black rounding out the top 10. Nivia Doma very unlucky today in 11th. I think she did the right thing, and who knows what would have happened if she was working with Royce after Reduce, and maybe she yep. drops her on Rocha for Conf. So, real shame for Nivia Doma, but um, good on Canyon Shram for, for trying. Um, yep. Yeah, just sucks, but Vollering's. Season so far, eight race days, 17th omelope, one strata, one Dwarves Dour, second Ronda, second Brabantz, first Amstel, first Flesh, first Liege. Ridiculous season so far. But I... And it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. <laughs> What's she doing next? Well, Tour de France Femme is definitely on our calendar. And the way we've seen Von Vleuten ride so far... I can't judge her long climbing yet because she was better on Chauvacon than on the really short steep climbs earlier this week. So I feel like that longer climbing might not be too bad. By the time we reach the Tour de France Femme, I feel like they're going to be close to each other. We're going to have a battle there, which is what I'm looking forward so. to. The thing is, though, winning the Ardennes Triple is something that doesn't happen often. That's already legendary. Even if Volring gets second in the Tour de France Femme again, perfect season in my opinion. But I truly truly believe that this could be the year that Volering overtakes Van Vleuten if Van Vleuten remains on this, this level. Now, longer climbing aside, that can still change, you know? We'll see. We'll see that at the Tour de France Femme. I do for a second want to, uh, want to mention, you said Canyon Shram, really solid strategies. We saw that Flesh as well, where they anticipated with Pollard yeah. and with their rolling attacks and so forth. Then you have Movistar and you've got FDG, where I feel like Movistar has been the most flawed team when it comes to tactics in this race and perhaps of this hill classics and FDG as well even though their riders are weaker this year that's that's factual but yeah. is weaker Cavalli is not informed because of the crash of Frain last year in the Tour de France and they don't use Brown and Utre Bludwig right so I do blame them for that as in it that's still their mistake so Movistar and FDG are the ones where I'm like they fucked up this hill classic yeah but I agree, and but with FDJ, it's not like Ludwig's in that group two with Van Vleuten and Shabby, yeah. and she loses the sprint, and we're like, oh, she was strong, but if they'd actually played the, t she's not, she's getting dropped from that. And in Amstel, no, in Flesh, she had two crashes or mechanicals, and that took her out of the race. So I don't know, but her shape, at least, it didn't look good today. And Brown, you know, she came second in Liège behind uh, uh, Lizzie Diagnan. Um, controversial Lizzie Dignan a few years ago. So it's for Movistar, the Lippet signing hasn't really 
like they've added someone who was already getting those results at DSM. They've added her to Van Vleuten and it's not sort of translated into going to the next level and wins. Now, should we be surprised that Movistar cannot manage two leaders that well? I mean, it is a different team, different managers, but it actually looks, I have to say, the way Van Vleuten rode and rides often with people who are dangerous ahead reminds me of like a Valverde a lot, actually. And the way they're riding oftentimes, it's like, no, we're not going to just set up a train and pull. Like Trek, we're just like, fuck, Royce is ahead. Not ideal. But you know what? We have to chase, even if Vollering gets a free ride. Um, and they actually got rewarded for it with the gap before Rochefoucauld. Yep. So Lippitt's, Lippitt, to me, has got to be, she has to, she has to do something different. She has to yep. do something different. Go in the early moves. Like, Nuvia Doma is like, I'm not winning races trying to do it from the G1. I have to try something different. She got unlucky today. Don't worry. Try again next time. It'll eventually pay off. So I think Lippitt needs to kind of do the same thing because um, Volering's just too good and SD Works are just too strong. Exactly. And I would even say that both of them could do it. Like, Von Vleuten could also do the same thing also early like on moves. Wii. The problem with Von Vleuten is that she's got such a legacy that she'll yeah. get marked. That's the annoying part, right? Lippitt can, even, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Even at Von Vleuten's current level, she's still getting marked just because she's, not because she's world champion, because she's Von Vleuten. Yeah. <laughs> um, other riders I'd like to point out, I guess, Guy Riolini, still an unbelievable signing. Like, she's in that G2, um, third in flesh, seventh in the age, just ridiculous for a, her first year at, at World Tour level, um, 21 years old. Like, the... UCI bike limit really, really hurts a rider like Riolini. The bike is such a high proportion of her weight. And I was also thinking, because she's 40 kilos, you know, there are riders she's trying to hold the wheel of in the flat who are over 50% heavier than her. And I don't think that happens in men's <laughs> peloton. So relatively, there is such a yeah. huge difference. And those riders are lean and in shape. And she's trying to hold their wheel. They're doing, let's say, two, 270, 300 watts on the flat. She's, you know, she's doing five watts per kilo, 200 watts or something to hold their wheel on the flat. So her, yeah, incredible rider. It's actually incredible what Riolini does in a race like this to come in that G2. I know the steep climbs, but still, it's a long flat finish. It's really incredible. So I can't wait to see her on Tourmalet. She'll obviously be on the Tour de France Femme FX Swift, and she will be an absolute killer on the long climbs, which are becoming more and more common in uh, women's cycling. Like, she needs to go to Norway or Burgos and do the um, Peñas Blancas, or not Peñas Blancas, yeah. Laguna Sanaya finish, whatever. Laguna yes. Laguna I want to see her on the, or pick on Blanco. Um, just one to watch. But yeah, anything else <laughs> from this, Benji, before we watch the men's race? No, I feel like... I'm glad the race opened back up after we thought Me it was too. closed, because otherwise it would have been a really sad yeah. podcast if it was over with like 35 kilometers to go. So it's good that it kicked on again. It's good that we got a final where we actually saw competitiveness. It was, it was stressful until the line. We didn't know for certain Volring was going to win the sprint. There's always fuckers that can happen on sprint, uh, at sprint others. And well, Volring takes it. And I think... It's a good moment to realize how bloody good Volring has been these last uh, yeah. these last three races. And 
yeah, she might not be the best teammate sometimes for other riders in the team, or they might not have the best team chemistry sometimes in races, but they bloody well pulled off one of the greatest runs in, in, in a while when it comes to couple plus hill classics. And I don't think it's going to stop here. I think Volring is going to keep on winning this year, and it's going to be a good fight in Tour de France and I can't wait. Yeah, and I think Strada wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, the optics of that. But, you know, she lets Royce, Royce just sign an extension until the end of 24. She's, like, happy or comfortable, I assume, with the game plan. Like, Royce could have won today. There's yep. a world in which Royce wins today. In fact, I thought Royce was going to win with about 35Ks to go. So, you know, she at least is part of the plan, which is a better plan. You know, she could be like, no, control the race. Give me a lead out on Rochelle Foucault and I'll win. And she probably would win. But it, Royce, Royce will be happier, I think, with how the race played out today than if she'd had to just control moves for... Um, Volering. So that that's good. And we'll see how they go. And I can't wait to see the battle in the stage races coming up later in summer this year. But time to get a coffee, watch the men's race, and uh we'll see you in a few hours. Until then, ciao. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.